This week on The Uncommon Truth. This is the final episode in our series on the foundations of the Father's House Church. We've spent the last 10 plus episodes discussing the main points on which Steve and Vicki founded their ministry, and we're wrapping up by answering your questions about them. We started that a couple weeks back, but we got so many good questions, we couldn't resist having one more discussion. So that's what's in store for today, but if you missed last week's episode with Pastor Tony Kim from Renaissance Church in Bakersfield, I definitely recommend taking some time to give that a listen. Also coming up next week, we've got another special episode. I'll let you know more about that at the end of the show, so stay tuned. And now let's get to your questions and get into the uncommon truth. When you say give your life away and the response is my whole life, it's like that's a total misunderstanding of Christianity. This is not an optional idea. It's good. Jesus said, what does it profit you? Again, the whole world and lose your soul. It's important to do, to have it in the right order. It's Jesus first, mm-hmm. your husband, and, and then your kids, and then everybody else, and then you. And the principle that he's talking about sowing and reaping, and the faith what he's talking about with money, tithing, and whatever. It's time, it's energy, it's your children, it's everything. When you're authentic and you really are not, you really are the same on Monday as you are Sunday as you are on Friday. Your kids see that. You're listening to The Uncommon Truth, a podcast about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. The Uncommon Truth is a podcast produced by the Father's House Church of Orville, California, and is available wherever podcasts can be found. If you missed an episode or want to share the show with a friend, visit uncommonpodcast.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please take a second to leave us a review. That helps us climb the charts so more people can find out about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. If you want to give us your feedback, you can email the show at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com and we'll try to feature your questions and comments in an upcoming episode. Finally, if you're looking to learn more about the Father's House Church, School of Transformation, or Life Recovery Ministries, visit fathershouseoroville.com. And now let's get into The Uncommon Truth. Welcome to The Uncommon Truth. My name is Max. I'm here with Stephen Vicky Orsillo, pastors of the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. Hello. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little bit uh, slap happy, I You've guess. been at camp all week. Yeah, that's why my voice sounds like this. Uh, <laughs> it's not the Rona. It's screaming at children. I've never seen so many children unwrap a snack and just... Uh, look around to see if anybody's paying attention. Just throw the wrapper on the ground. <laughs> I got back and I'm like, man, my five-year-olds are, are better behaved. You've she cleaned well. up dinner for me. I was like, oh. Don't you want to just slap no. their parents in the mouth? No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. I'm, I'm friends with most of their parents. So no, They're doing go, uh, a great job. All no, but the, it was great. We did a, a kid's camp at oh. the Father's House Acres. FHA. It was all set up. And uh, it was actually surprised how cold it gets in the in the night in April in California. It was cold, huh? Uh, but it was it was warm enough to almost swim, but we didn't. Only the few kids whose rafts were not built up to code. <laughs> I ran them through a raft building competition. That's awesome. And they got to uh, nominate one person from each cabin to ride on the raft, but none of them lasted more than ten feet before. They, see, they all they copied su- each other's design, so oh, we yeah. used these uh, these barrels, food barrels, and they. So you'd be sitting about four feet off the water. Top heavy. <laughs> and they just <laughs> rolled right over. So they video, all went swimming. Get... Yeah, four of them went swimming. Four of them went videos? swimming. I got oh, videos, awesome. yeah. We should show so. that at church. It's good. Yeah, it's going to come up probably this Sunday. There'll be some videos. I love it. And then I, I took some videos also of what the kids thought. Um, like, hey, give us the creation story in your own words. And so those are pretty wow, funny, too. Wow, that's awesome. So that'll be cool. But I, I did a lot of a lot of yelling hey this way or hey don't don't walk into the fire or yeah. you know keep your hands out of the red things on the fire y- yeah they exactly. will hurt you How, it's like rallying cats it was a yeah. little bit yeah so then you know when you come home to your your five-year-old three-year-old and one-year-old and you're relieved that there's <laughs> there's something you're home going on. with them <laughs> they will obey will it was obey. quite a week though we had uh easter service outside it was amazing yeah, it was that was amazing. beautiful we had um there was like a wedding reception at the beautiful. the church outdoor property yep and then camp 
You have a, had a week. It was. You? It was a. It was. Yeah. It was a busy week, wasn't it? Yeah. it was, how about you guys? You should have been setting up for those things. Oh yeah, that was yeah. what you were doing. That was fire for two weeks. That was like <laughs> running. Yeah. And we're still because as soon as we're done, we got to start start mud run. Well, and you guys had a vacation planned, but it was like, well, the things right. need to happen. Yeah. So we, we had to stay home, yeah. and and there Thank was God we even did. Uh, I did it because it was. Abs- I don't even know what we were thinking about when we thought about leaving. There was no way I could have left. And so I'd had to come well, back. Well, we thought about I leaving is what we thought about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just thought of ourselves for a minute. <laughs> anyway, so uh, this week we're working on setting up Mud Run, and then we have to jump over and set up AV's place groundbreaking, which mm-hmm. is 17th, the 17th. Cool. And so next week we're going to be full on for that. As soon as that's, you know, wrapped, we got to come back to Mud Run. But we're going to mm-hmm. huge head start on Mud Run. Kid, awesome. Kids Mud Run. Awesome yep. event for Three, the right. Father's House Acres. If you don't know what we're talking about, you can go to uh, fathershouseoreville.com and you'll see all the stuff we do there. And yeah, it's a lot. So. A lot. It's fun. It's uh, it's it's really, it's fast paced around here. It just is. It, it it's just a is rolling fun. deal. Mm-hmm. And we just do it together, and it's a great time. And I just, it's just, it's just fun. It's giving your life away is hard, but it's really rewarding. It is so cool. And there was a uh, biggest church service ever, right? Yeah. Was, yeah. The, was the Easter service? Um, well, no. It, there was a lot, It was the right? biggest, yeah. And, uh, and it was, uh, I, well, I remember I, I just, yeah, I kept taking pictures because I thought it looked really cool out under oh. the canopies and everything. Didn't Steve and his Steve, team do a great Steve job? Steve had, uh, he had this tux, uh, it was not a tux, but it was like a, it's just my you suit. look sharp. He suit did coat. look sharp. It's just my suit coat. And then that picture I took of him, you know, on the on the walkway, it was just, it was so artistic. If you haven't seen the picture, mm. it's pretty artistic. Well, I liked it was your your glasses are the tran- they're the transition glasses, yeah. right? And so you're preaching in sunglasses. It looked it looked like something out of Blues Brothers, actually, a little bit. I honestly should re- I should actually explain that. I don't even think of that. People say it all the time. Why are you wearing sunglasses? They're photographs. I'm, I'm not wearing. Oh, I said. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, people know what it is. Yeah, I forgot. Anyway, I have a pair in the truck that aren't. I should have wore those, but anyway, it looked good. He looked good. Well, good. Anyway, I'm glad it looked good. It looked like a million bucks. Yeah, it was a, a great. It was the biggest service million. ever. We're not exactly sure how many people it was. <laughs> <laughs> in case you're not, in case you're not looking, Steve. Vicky, just... Steve, Vicky's trying to brag, and Steve's trying to keep you humble. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, it was Jesus did a lot of things. A lot of people got saved. It was pretty cool. We, yeah, we are busting out the seams, and in addition to all the things we just said, we're finishing up the church remodel. Right. And it's pretty close to done, with the exception of the door frames that are twelve weeks out. <laughs> <laughs> chairs next week. Okay. The chairs <laughs> that chairs that you ordered. Week. Yeah, I, I listened to um, the one the other day about um, follow me as I follow Christ, and it was. Mm-hmm. When you guys ridiculed me about the chairs. A podcast? Yeah. yeah. The podcast on Follow Me as a Fellow Christ. And Steve was a little bit bombastic regarding oh what gosh. I had to, um, my part of the remodel. You're on mm-hmm. one, aren't you? <laughs> so, hey, are but you, are you, you guys. feeling inferior right now? <laughs> no. You got to build yourself up. You guys up gave, me a, gave me a, a homework assignment and said, go ask people what yes. they think about yes. us bantering, right? Yes. Because. I think it's something, it's really cool. Uh, a lot of people in our church, but also listening around the world, they don't really have get to interact with you guys as, you know, they can watch your sermons and stuff. Right. But um, that family atmosphere is really important. That's yeah. what, like, Drew Shrey and I in, and, and we really like it. And so I asked a few people, and I got all, these are people that aren't really, like, inner circle sure. around here, and they they love it. They, okay. they say it's a perfect balance between really good meat, you know, really stuff to listen to right. and that's challenging and, and, and fun. And how many people do you think you surveyed? About 10. Okay. It was definitely, it was definitely in, in that's cool. like not a, right. not a scientific study. I mean, no, keep so, asking but, people. But if we kept score, don't we, ask have, my we kids. have, we have three adult children that listen mm-hmm. to the podcast. And don't so they, them. they don't ask them because <laughs> you'll, 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 they'll wreck your perfect. And the other adult child wants to be on the podcast. He wants to really be sure. on the podcast, but he don't care whether we banter or don't <laughs> yeah. banter. But uh, the, but so it's ten to three so far. One of our when when I came in today and I, I we always have this running joke that who gets here first and Yost from Netherlands said why is why is it always a competition between the two of you I'm like after you've been married th- 42 years we'll have this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> it's just because she really is looking forward after 42 years of winning something. Something <laughs> I want to win. I want a W. <laughs> I'm a loser. Uh, it's oh, not true. Man. Well, that might be true, but you still you do win once in a while. Because <laughs> you got no one to hold them. No one to fold them. Okay, yeah, here yeah. we go. Uh, so, 
last week we did some some discussion about uh, so we got through our series of the message points yes. of the Father's House Church, the main things that that you guys teach and value at the Father's House, and and so there are lots of questions, lots of things like comments coming in and clarification and oh that makes me think about this and and asking about things we didn't cover and we didn't have enough time to cover all those last time so we got a few more so you guys ready it'll be a little bit of a little bit of shotgun approach we're just gonna be talking about a little bit of this a little bit of that come on max i don't have all day okay there we go (laughs) so we we got some uh specifically on one of our last episodes which was give your life away and that one's not really surprising that people have a hard time with like yeah I like giving, but my whole life, that's that's my life, right? It's hard it to give like that away. Seems like extra credit. So um, we had one question, and this one's pretty common. How do you take care of your family and give all of your time, money, energy, et cetera, away? Go ahead. You want to go with that? Go for um, it. How do you, living by faith is an incredible thing. You, you, you actually um, can't, can't see it work until you apply it. I lo- Vicky likes, and she quotes all the time, the, the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, the third one, I think it is, where Sean Connery. Sean, with Sean Connery and, the, and um, whatever his name is. Harrison Ford? Yes. Okay. That's the one. He has to walk a faith, right? So he has to step out the leap of faith. The chasm. Mm-hmm. And nobody can see the bridge, right? The reflection makes you can't see it. And so until you step, you don't know there's a bridge. Hmm. And you risk falling to your death in this cavern. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like that. And, you know, that's Hollywood and that's, but you can't know faith until you walk in it. Hmm. And when people say, give your life away, it's, you can't know, you can't know the life of what you, you, it says, give it away. And everybody's looking at what they're going to lose. That's good. Vicki and I have 42 years of abundance. We have 42 years of when we've been super poor are the miracles of the small amounts have just caused so much joy you know too long a story but in the very beginning of our youth ministry and everything we we were challenged by god to live by faith and give our life away and we did and you know every month month after month we met our tithe we met our bills and we increased our giving Mm. and still every bill was paid and it was small amounts we're talking 600 per month is what we were believing for and we would get it you know or and, and, and the abundance of our life was just special. The, the, our kids going to Whopper Wednesday when you make nothing because you're running three different ministries mm-hmm. and trying to make ends meet. But nobody, um, when, they, when you say give your life away and the response is my whole life, it's like that's a total misunderstanding of Christianity. This is not an optional idea. It's good. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, what does it profit you? Begin the whole world and lose your soul. Or your family. And then the, in that place says, what does a man gain if he loses his life and, lose, and gains his soul? He loses nothing. But what if he loses his soul and gains his life? It's, it's, it's an absolute that you lay down your life. Paul said it best. Paul described that best. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now, Many times when teaching on tithing, which I don't believe is as, as a law, I believe in it as a principle that works so well. And people that complain about finances all the time, I always try to teach them to tithe. Mm. And that's where I start. That's the start line. And I teach them tithe on the gross and every penny, you know, before taxes taken out. And sometimes I'll challenge them. When you know they just can't get over the edge, I'll say tithe for three months. I'll work with you at the end. If you feel like you've been cheated, like you've lost something, like you actually gave away something, then I'll just give you all the money back. That's right. Hmm. And no one's ever gotten the money back because there's an abundance with tithing. For instance, in the old Testament is so that it may will, you know, so so the rain will come in due season and your harvest will ripen and that it go well with you in the land. Offering is more like an abundant return. But I don't care about all that stuff so much as just you can't know faith unless you go out on a limb. Mm. You need 100% of your money, and you give away 10 to the Lord, to the church itself, to the church that feeds you, the priesthood in your life, and you only have 90%. And you find out that 90 is more than 100. Yeah. 
Spends and better. It, it, mm-hmm. it actually goes further. You look and you are more blessed. You're more free. And, and the freedom from worry has got to be worth something. And that's not, even a, that's not even something you can count, you know, in, in the return. But did, your, did the harvest of your soul, did your life, your joy, your peace, your goodness, everything, your love and being love, receiving love for heaven's sake. I'm just shocked how much love I get. You know, and I can't look and nobody's mailed me checks for millions of dollars ever. And I have given away fortunes. If you want to, go ahead and do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah please. Go Don't you hesitate if that was on your podcast. You were thinking that, yeah. But yeah. no, that's I, never I, happened I, for me. Truth podcast the truth is, that's never happened for me. But what has happened is I've lived a life of abundant joy, abundant goodness. My The love in my family, the love in my church, the love in my community, you know, it's just abundant. And, mm. and there's... So when you say you give your life away, I have to tell you something. I've given my, I, I try. And I probably fail as much as I succeed, but I try. I work hard at giving my life away. And I have to tell you, I have never lost a thing giving my life That's away. That's right. I may have property went away or, or I lost some money Thanks. at something or, or something broke or, you know, a car crashed and totaled. But the cars, you just, but you find out you just, your life has improved. Over the course of time, your life has improved. And the blessing of people in your life. I always talk about this. You have the most people in your life you've ever had that love you. Mm -hmm. And you have the most people you really love in your life. And you have, here's the big one. You have more men and women of stature, of maturity, that you can trust. That you can trust with everything. And these are all returns of giving Mm -hmm. your life away. And people discount all of that. And that's what it means. And so when we go out on a limb where we couldn't possibly pay the bills because we gave everything away, we have never once been forsaken. That's right. We have never once been, been left, in the, left high and dry. And in the end, we look back and go, how did he turn that mess into a miracle? That's right. And he did. Mm. You know, the, for um, <clears throat> what I hear most often is, is your children. And um, if you put Jesus first and your husband next, your kids next, it's really important. I mean, we're not saying that you don't, you're not there for your kids. You, you get, you know, you're giving your life away. It means, you know, that they just are sitting in a heap and you're giving to everybody that asks and they have nothing. It's quite the contrary. We have, in our, our daughter's 40 now, so for 40 years we've been in ministry. And um, I think you'd be higher pressed to, to ask them, and they'd say they really lost anything by mm-hmm. us being in the ministry. Um, some people are like, you know, I do have a family that says their family was way too much into the church, um, but guess where they are today? They're in the church. So it's like it's like it's important to do to have it in the right order. It's Jesus first, mm-hmm. your husband, and, and then your kids, and then everybody else, and then you. And the principle that he's talking about sowing and reaping, and the faith he's talking about with money tithing and whatever it's time it's energy it's your children it's everything when you're authentic and you really are not you really are the same on monday as you are sunday as you are on friday your kids see that Mm. i think the problem sometimes is is sometimes we just put on our christian hat maybe on sunday and then live like h-e-l-l on every other day and our kids see the the dichotomy or the contradiction or the um uh, what's it called? Hypocrisy. 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 I think you got to be really careful. I think if you're genuine, transparent, you live out loud, you live, you live, you know, really loud in front of them. You know, and I, you don't be loud like me, but um, you're just authentic. Somebody said yesterday, a guy who's gone to a lot of churches said that, you know, the reason I keep coming back to Father's house, because he's been now, I think, eight weeks or something, and he's gone to every church in Oroville in the last two years. He said the transparency. And that to me is such an incredible. Uh, adjective yeah. and it's so it makes me feel so good because that's what I want to be I want to yeah. be transparent and, and I think if you live in transparency and you give your life away in front of your children and bring them along they're portable you know people yeah. our your generation thinks that like you're the only ones that ever had kids like the world not ju- <laughs> not you but the world yeah. revolves around your children I was just around a little girl single uh, single child and it's like just it's like she she acted like she was the only woman who's ever given birth like you know her mm-hmm. and mother mary and uh and her child was like you know everything i think that's wrong 
I mean, of course your children, you need to protect them and they're everything to you. However, they're portable and they follow you. You're the adult. You lead them to Jesus. You're the only Jesus they're going to see. So you better make sure you're transparent, authentic in front of them. Hmm. Yeah. Jesus said in uh, Matthew 16, 25, for whoever wants to save his life will lose, will lose it. it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so good. That's, that's the, that's an- that's the, the end. Boom. That's the answer. That's yep. the end. That is Christianity. Yeah. So when people question that one, it's like you're questioning the very foundation of Christian acceptance. When you say, when he says, come and follow me, yep. what he's saying is, leave your life behind and come and live my life. Mm-hmm. Let me live in you. My Father and I will make our home in you, and it'll no longer be your life you live but mine. And I don't think that's the Christian message It today. doesn't mean leave your kids or, your, or you leave your no, wedding ring in the, no, the offering. No, not at all. It means... Meet all yeah. the requirements of mm-hmm. loving those around you. Find out what well, Jesus it's, says. It's trusting him, too, that he's not hes not the one who wants you to leave your kids no. in a heap. He doesn't want to leave you with nothing. No. no. He just wants all of you. And if and if you can trust him, like for me, it's time. Yeah. If I can trust him, giving him a bunch of time this yep. past week, hanging out with other people's mm-hmm. kids, I can, trust, I can trust him that he's going to give me a bunch of time to hang out with my own kids or that there's going to be somebody else pouring just as much into my own kids in those three days as I'm pouring into somebody else's kids. And you'll see the proof. I don't have to control it, right? You don't, you'll see the proof in 18 years or 16 years. Absolutely. You know, the problem is, is that we don't see the proof for 18 years, Mm -hmm. 20 years. And the the road of Christianity is littered with kids that don't even serve Jesus, don't even love Jesus. The generation is, our generation is kind of dropped the ball in my opinion. With their kids. And because we've, we've made them number one Hmm. and not Jesus. But you will know if you, whether or not it worked. And that's the, that's a crapshoot, isn't it? That gets a gamble. Those scriptures of Jesus, uh, Matthew 10, 39, the one who has found his life. So if you do succeed in finding your life and holding on to it, you will lose it. And the one who has lost his life on my account will find it. That's right. And that's really the, the that's what Vicki and I are striving for. The and that's what we're it. trying to say from this podcast is that is our life. That's, mm. that's, we want to not live for ourselves. And then all of a sudden we have these, the, the blessings that, that everyone else is looking for. We have gained a hundredfold. We have been rich and we have been poor. And we know that in poor we give, in rich we give. And um, and he just continually blesses That's us. Right. Hmm. Amen. That's cool. Now there's a, there's a, another question along the give your life away mm-hmm. subject line. Um, how how is it for people that have been hurt or betrayed or used in a church? How do they how do they learn to serve in a in a church and give their life away to a church in a body when they have a history of that. Yeah. Well, the truth. It's the same. Oh, you're gonna go. You go told, ahead. I thought you told rock me. paper scissors. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go for it. So it, my first thought is well, number one is it's all about forgiveness, and um, just because you've been hurt, I mean we we've told you to, said before out of four of our six our four, pastors have basically dropped the ball with us but it's not your the pastors that that led you we yeah that we followed um, we felt the lord sent us to yeah. serve so it's not really about that it's you're serving jesus and so you just really need to forgive in a deep level you know get in a room and just tell them what they did to you alone with between you and the holy spirit but don't hold it against them anymore um let them go and and then it's like let's go because wouldn't it be great if if we just if every person that was hurt in Christianity would just be locked in a room and not do anything, kind of like um, the was it the, the hobbits or whatever? You know? <laughs> the dwarfs in the, the last battle. Yeah, Marnia. it's like it's like no, that's that's Satan's ploy. I mean, mm. it's like get get free, get going. There's there's you the the call on your life when you got saved and you have an accomplishment is still the call on your life, regardless of who's hurt you in 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 the authority of Christianity. You just don't take your ball and go home. It's like, read the words of Jesus. It's like he was, read his crucifixion and talk about people who, who hurt him, mm. you know, and he forgave. So my opinion is, is deal with your hurt in a deep level. Pray with someone, forgive them maybe once, twice, three times, as many times you do, and let's get going. And I think that the other side of the coin is when you don't do that, you're letting the person that hurt you control, you. control the rest of your That's life. right. When you know it's right to do, and the way to do it is what's kind of been perverted. We all gave up discipleship, you know, across the country, everywhere, most countries. 
Christianity has stopped discipling young people. Quit calling disciples. Quit training disciples. Quit telling people what to do. Mm -hmm. And that's been the disaster. So therefore, the next thing after you've missed that boat is examining the fruit. Who, if you want to be discipled, who do you get discipled by? You'd choose somebody whose life is right, like you want it to be, giving and serving. And then you check out their fruit of kindness and goodness and forgiveness. And they and are the people walking with them when they're private? Were they telling you, look out for this guy? Or are they telling you, you know, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me? Mm-hmm. Disciplines me like a father. It's always fair and loving. She treats me like a mother. She'll she'll tell me, you know, stop it, or and she'll teach me how to go. And and you find that person, and then you go and you serve. That's how you do it. You just serve, but you always serve with the risk of being hurt again. Amen. Hmm. Plus, a lot of people are hurt because they are signed up to be hurt. They are they built hurt into their way of life. Oh, that's good. And they when someone tells me they were hurt and they tell me a horrible thing about this church leadership, sometimes a lot of times it's, you know, that church leadership is way more innocent. They probably did something minor and it's been blown out because this person is a take offense, rejected, like it looking, looking to be hurt. hurt. And you got to go. If that, if it go, is that me? You know, could Mm -hmm. that be me? And it could be me. I never say no. It could be me. And then you've got to go with what Vicky said. You've got to go to the inner healing of your heart. Let God dig in the garden of your heart for the root that's causing this. And you've got to forgive and be forgiven hmm. so that you can go forward. And if you don't, Boy, then those people that in your mind, you are absolutely convinced they treated you horrible and hurt you bad and, and they betrayed you. Well, they, they get to decide the rest of your life. You yeah. no longer serve because of them. You're no longer happy because no, of no them. You don't get to have the hundredfold return because of them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very difficult to be connected to the body of Christ because of them. And that could be a long time ago. Yeah. And you're still living under the penalty of their, if they, I mean, I, meanness. I mean, I know it happens. I'm not saying everyone's, I'm just saying there's some like this and there's a lot like that. And the ones that really are, you know, everyone's hurt. It doesn't matter if it's it's you or them, you're still hurt. And what's the future? To let that situation control you or go find some healing, start to look, decide what fruit you want in a leader and go plug in and serve alongside of them and get hurt again if you have to and again if you have to and again if you have to. But being hurt by people is what Jesus Life. did being rejected by his beloved, being deserted by the ones who tried to love him, having his own priesthood plot to kill him, having his the priesthood cause him to be all of those things, despised, all the things I said on Sunday, you know, uh, beaten, nailed, pierced, oh, hated. Anyway, Jesus had all those things. And if we're going to be like him, how can we stop because... We're suffering some of that same stuff. And then what, what part is me? And both of those things can happen through inner healing of forgiveness and judgment. You know, also, I was just thinking, you know, it's really important to be in a body. That's, I think it's, you know, we've been pastors and we've been not just Christians that aren't pastors. And, um, but I think it is good. It's amazing to find a, a body, but I was also thinking there's many, um, pair of ministries too, that you can give your life away. You know, you can go to the, red cross or you know or the food food kitchen and start that way just kind of like where you start just giving your life away and you know and because it really is such a great exercise it's the way it's the way we're made so you might start with baby steps like doing something like that Hmm. taking a meal to your neighbor that's shut yep okay well that's really good i think that's really like it's really practical stuff because we get into a lot we get a lot of stuff here but this is kind of where the rubber meets the road right and um that's why it's good if you got questions, send them to us because we want to know how we can help you apply some of this stuff and to unfortunately, your daily Max, life. You know, in Christianity, the road is littered with people who are just so hurt from from uh, authority and leadership in the church. And, and like Steve said, some of it's some of it is them, and some of it's uh, you know self inflicted. So mm-hmm. it's like it's it's everywhere. It's universal. Yeah. Okay. So moving on, we're talking 
we talk a lot about living in Jesus' likeness, right? We want to mm-hmm. live like Jesus, and that's what we were just talking about. We want to live like him, and Amen. so we get, expect the same things that he got. But he said he expects us to be perfect. <laughs> so how does that work? <laughs> uh, how, does, how does it work to be perfect like Jesus is perfect? And, uh, and what, yeah, I guess what <laughs> role does grace play in that? So Good question. be perfect and holy as your heavenly Father. Those are two different scriptures. Mm-hmm. Be perfect as your father's perfect. Another place he said, be holy as he is holy. And it is absolutely supernatural. When I come before the Lord and I pray and, and, and I consider his holiness inside of me and I know I've done something wrong, my, my sin will come to me. Jesus said, when you go to pray and you remember a sin your brother has, you have a you know, problem you have mm-hmm. with your brother, don't bother praying, man. <laughs> go get it handled. Get forgiveness. Settle the debt. Do whatever it takes. Get it done. Then right. come pray. Because you've got to come pray perfect and holy. Mm. And your perfect and your holy are not in the actions necessarily. Because no matter how good you are, or how much you do, your works are as filthy rags. Mm-hmm. Um, come, and that's not, they aren't as filthy rags to me. That's in comparison to the holiness of God. And what we're talking about is God's holiness, God's perfection. We're supposed to be perfect like he is perfect. Holy as he is holy. And so the only way I can do that is if when the spirit realm looks at me, they see him, not me. If I am trying to live my life and have Jesus as a bobble hung on my life or all the truths of the Bible as ornaments hung to my life, then they're not going to see that. They're going to see me with some ornaments of, of Christianity hung on me. Maybe some stickers on my, you know, I voted today as a sticker, you know, yep. that kind of sticker. You have a, I, I'm a Jesus. I wear a bracelet t-shirt. or I have a bumper sticker, or, you t-shirt. know, a t-shirt, you know, so that's not going to get you by as perfect as he is perfect. The second thing is, the sins I commit. If I am committing sins that I do not want to commit and I am failing myself again, then I know I go before his holiness. It shows up. It shows up like a dark spot on a white linen cloth. And I am no longer holy. And if you go and confess your sins and he is faithful and just to forgive you. And so, I believe it's 100% necessary for every Christian to intend never to sin and want to never sin. And that in itself, coming to the cross, makes you holy and perfect. Hmm. It is not that your behavior is holy and perfect. It is that your intention and your want to is holy and perfect. And when you fail, you do what John the Apostle said. You confess your sins. For he is holy and just to forgive you. Mm. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from every unrighteousness. That last phrase I just said, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from every unrighteousness, makes me holy. And as long as I walk forward in his presence, knowing his presence, feeling his voice. That's why recently he told me what's, what's missing in my life is I became unconscious of his presence in, in me. Mm-hmm. That I and everyone I know was praying to an external God. He's over there. Praying, I'm praying out there hoping heaven will hear me instead of praying in here knowing heaven will hear me. And I don't stop for a minute to see what heaven wants. Should I watch this show or not? What does heaven want? It's in me. I should be able to know what heaven wants within five seconds. Should I do this or not do this? And then... Most of us don't want to do that because that would stop us from drinking what we want to drink, taking what we want to take, going where we want to go, doing what we want to do, yep. saying, I just got to say the truth, man, and, and, you know, just blowing it. And when we do that, that sin is not, you're not going to be able to be perfect until you come to the point where you say, I no longer want to sin ever. I want to remain holy and just. I want your presence to be comfortable in my vessel and it must be pure. And the blood of Jesus cleanses it. I want to keep it holy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to stain again what you've already cleansed. And Paul said, you keep on sinning. What are you going to do? Nail him again to the cross? And so I have to not want it. And he says in Romans 6, if I do what I want to do 
and he, and he, it's, it's kind of complicated, but you get to the end and it's, there really is no forgiveness for that sin that you want to do. That you intend to do. That you intend to do. The one that you do in, in, in the heat of temptation or the heat of emotion or the lust flowing up inside of you. And in the moment that sin is repentable and forgivable. Mm. Absolutely. The one that you cannot reconcile. If I were to grab a $10 bill that I knew was yours and just hide it and walk out the door and feel convicted and, go, oh, and come back, I can reconcile that. That's a sin I didn't want to do, but the $10 grabbed my mind. Oh, $10. And I stuck it out the door and you're looking for your $10. And I come back in and say, look, brother, I tried to take your $10, but I, I felt so convicted on the way to the mm -hmm. car because the holiness of God is in me. Yeah. And I bring it back and I can reconcile that sin. But the breaking one into my house, yeah. knowing right. there's $10 on yeah. my bedside Correct. table, that's right. different. Correct. That took a lot of intention. Planning. You're planning, I'm going to break in, try to find some money and steal it. Uh, God will forgive me. There really is no forgiveness for that sin mm. until you become so regretful for doing that and that you are sorry. And then the blood of Jesus cleanses you from that unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. And that's the sin you don't want to do. It's like it, it temp the temptation hits you, you grab it, you run, conviction brings back, you reconcile it. You go and, you go and have sex with someone you're not married to, you can, that is an unreconcilable sin. It can never be taken back. You have violated each other in a way that sex is such a holy thing created by God. And you can't reconcile that. Hmm. You can repent. You can cry over it. I have slugged my pillow for my teenage years. I think of those girls that I violated and I just slugged before my pillow and way before yeah. I got married. Yeah. I was celibate five years yeah, before I got married. So, so right up until I met Jesus, yeah, right until I met Jesus though, I wasn't and I was chasing and I know their names and I slugged my pillow and I'm so regretful. And the blood of Jesus cleanses me. And I will never do that again to a mm -hmm. woman. I would never do that. This is my wife. She's part of me. Mm. Me and her are one. And sex is a holy thing, a lovely thing. And it's good and wholesome. And, 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 and I don't need to be reconciled for that. That is wholesome. That's not sin. Mm. So everything, you can, we can just go down the line with all the subjects. And that's how we are perfect, is that we intend not to sin and we fail but we go before the lord and we feel our failure the mm -hmm. conviction of the holy spirit is upon me and i confess that sin i renounce and reject that sin and i determine in my heart that i just don't want to do that again so the bottom line you know that's a phenomenal explanation but if you tuned out at all the bottom line is that um intentional sin mm. Prefabricate, prefabricated, pre, um, what's it called? Premeditated. Um, you know, that's that's what he's talking about. It's like you know, you slip on a banana peel and you swear, or you you know, like what he's all the examples he gave. So it's it's things happen, and in the mo in the moment we get mad, and then we got to go back and apologize to every person we you know saw us mad or whatever. And that's why we, how we try to operate, uh, Steve and I for sure. Uh, we don't sin lightly, you know, it just, it's, it's, it sneaks up on us. And then we, we know he's faithful and just to forgive our sins. Mm. Okay. That like, that helps me. One thing that's really interesting. I just realized as you're talking, I'd never heard, I intend to never sin again anywhere else in Christianity until mm. I came to the father's house. Really good. I more of the, more of what I heard was, well, we're, you know, Sinners. we're all human, we're right? all human. Um, you know, and so it's, you know. That will, happens, that will sort of thing. Let me trust me. That will never be my excuse. Mm -hmm. I am human created by God in his image. And so to blame my He's humanness perfect. on He's my perfect. reason for sinning is to blame my godliness on my oh. reason for sinning. And I, you'll never hear that from me. That's really good. Mm. Cool. That's it also gives an excuse. It's almost mm -hmm. it's an excuse to, to do yeah. what you want to do. And I think that's probably where you fail uh, in Christianity sometimes is you just get permission to, mm. well, you know, I'm human. No, be perfect like he's perfect. That's pretty uh, tall admonition. So yeah. it's a big subject, and you got a whole bunch of people right now going to works and works and faith and works and grace and all yeah, that. Yeah. But here's the thing. He says to love him is to obey him. Uh -huh. So obedience and not sinning is obedient, is, is his will. It's, it's, it's loving him. And, and I want to love him. And if I'm going to be perfect and holy, I'm going to have to love him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Hmm. And in that is defined the resistance of evil. Mm -hmm. And 
I have to pray, save me from the evil one. I've got to be on guard. And that is so important that I want to love Jesus. And I want my words to say I love Jesus. But I want my actions to speak louder than my words. And the only way I'm ever going to do that is by my intention. Hmm. When I intend not to, I have a chance at it. When I don't intend not to sin, I got no chance. I'm going to be sinning a ton more. And that perfection and that holiness is out of my reach. That's good. Mm, That's good. I think actually our next question is pretty, like it follows that pretty well, which is cool because, yeah, it must be spirit-led today, as my friend Joey would say. You guys are awesome. Maybe Um, it's always spirit-led. I think it it always is. That's right. (laughs) Um, So... We're talking in the in the vein of uh, the message point. God gives authority to man to lead his church, right? And so somebody asks, and this actually got asked a few different ways. Uh, why does God give authority to leaders who eventually fail? Wow, good. Authority. Uh, there's there's several ways to define this. It's a uh, authority as a a mantle on a man is one of the personality traits. So we take tests to divide ourselves all over. You're this kind of person. You're this kind Mm -hmm. of person. Some people use four names. Some people use four letters. Some people use all these different personality tests to, to, to say this person's like that, this person's like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and they just go on they got, they got no end to this. Right. But what it proves is people are born with certain ways. And there's a group of people, the Myers-Briggs, you know, has a four-letter thing for the general, right? You're you're born with that kind of authority. Then there's the authority given to God. But there's really the the biggest thing he's talking about is the authority of a position. Biden was elected and immediately surrounded with authority. An army so big with more power than the whole planet's ever had. And he's got his finger on the trigger and he has the authority. Ten minutes before, he didn't have the authority. He was sworn in. Boom. It's given by position, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when Jesus, when God says he gives all authority you know, to man, that just means positions. We, it's not, people think, well, God elected him. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true. God did not elect Idi Amin. God did not elect all these slaughterers, uh, Hitler. That was authority given by man, by a position. And I think people misconstrue that all the time. And so a lot of times, God didn't give the man authority. And another time, a person was born with authority. And uh, another time, a man took authority, right? For himself. Right. And that's just historical, right? But the true authority of God, where he says he gives all authority and then he passes it on to us. I feel that I've been given a great dose of authority, which makes me incredibly responsible. It's, it's not like a position for everyone to bow to. It's a position where everybody's life is in my hands yeah. and I really f- want to think it through how I use it. And it's designed to, to sharply correct, to move things from slightly off to on. So you take, you take a big sledgehammer. I used to name, I had a name for my first sledgehammer. And back in those days, tools lasted 20 years. He's a general contractor. And and I called my big, my big guy, Lottie Kaladi. And I would tell the guys, get Lottie out of the truck and they bring it because we got to move this wall and us, we're pulling it. It's like 80 feet long and we can't move it. Mm. But Lottie could move it right with a sharp strike. And you get it just that last half inch. And, and now it's right. Half inch over, it ain't right. And it's always going to show. And everybody will see that it's off. But if we just use Lottie and we sharply strike it, we make it right. And in, in life, it's like, guy, if you just change these things in your life, it'll make it right. And you, you have the authority to tell people what makes it right. And this kind of authority that a man feels the utmost responsibility for your life, they almost never abuse you. They almost never abuse that authority, and they almost never misuse it. What I've seen in the men in my life that took authority, that failed me, almost 100% of them took the authority. 
and you looked at them and they had no fruit bearing that they had no you couldn't look at them and say that guy deserves that authority Mm. they they just were in the position because a board voted them in yeah and they took it and they stepped out and they took it and the things they did they moved the wall a half inch off not a half inch on Mm. another guy and this is this happens in christianity Another guy is out there on the run. He's, I mean, out there on the mission field. He's out there running from country to country. He's going to be gone 30 days. He's away from his wife. And he's in Paris on, on, you know, on a layover to get to the next mission trip place. Literally. You know, and, and a girl comes on to him in a hotel. And he fails. And he comes home and repents. Begins to work on his marriage. Begins to work on forgiveness. Steps down from his position is re you know they reunite him with this position later they and that guy didn't might might have been what this question's about god gave him authority and he failed it but it was one of those sins where the ten dollar bill again where it came in front of him and he was overcome with his temptation and lust been away from his wife for a while his body's working against him. His mind's working against him. He's thinking kind of more highly than it, of himself than he might. And he forgets that this is loving Jesus. And he forgets and mm-hmm. he goes ahead and gives up his love for Jesus. But remembers quickly and goes back and seeks repentance and restoration. And he may or may not be given his position back. But he's a man that, di- that didn't abuse his authority. But, and it was given by God. But he failed it. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of these stories. We, we could create a whole bunch of criteria where in the in the end this guy gets restored to you being used powerfully but it wasn't a lifestyle he wasn't two years cheating on his wife and hiding it and getting up and preaching righteousness on sunday morning and and giving advice that led people astray and he wasn't doing all that he just had a terrible mistake but you would but at the father's house that would be he'd lose his authority to right. uh, to minister the position his right. position. position would be gone yes. yeah and yes. I, i'm not i'm not sure i just want to because yeah. that's cuz that can be i'm very i'm yeah. very direct about when you become a pastor and right. i put people uh, under me and i put people in your hands to that Correct. trust you, you need to not fail in Paris. When yes, you go to Paris i'm not going to put you in a, i'm not going to let you be in Paris alone either if right. you're a pastor under me if you're a pastor over me, I have no, no, no say. But if you're under me, and, and I'm the senior pastor, and I send you on a mission trip, you'll never be in Paris alone. And I will tell you, you don't go out alone. Hmm. You don't get in. You, you stay together to protect each other. That's good. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Well, that's really cool how they all sort of lined up all those questions. I think it was spirit led. Yeah, and I think I just I to, think uh, it to always go, is. To, to, yeah, to go with what Steve said, it's. <laughs> We don't take the authority that God given us, gave us lightly. Mm-hmm. And with the vow that we made to people, we feel the weight of your life and Luke's life and every person that's at the Father's house. We feel it very greatly. That causes us to, be, to, to do the right thing when no one's looking because it's, just, we, it's better for a millstone to be put around your neck than to, to let one of these little ones stumble. To cause one of cause these. these. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think... Um, that's happened a lot of time, and, and I think his explanation was really good about uh, leadership and authority and the different kinds of yeah. authority. I think is really good. Well, I think there's different kinds, and I think, you know, we you need if you're a pastor, it's just like take this take this vow that you made, take this authority, and 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 be accountable with it. Be in, be trustworthy. When God's authority is given, like my example of the wall that's a half inch off. Mm-hmm. There'll be a crowd of people that like the wall a half inch off. Wow. And when it's God's authority and you know it needs to move, the man who carries God's authority is going to move that wall if the, if the opinion is one to a hundred. And they'll say, all of us feel this way, but you're just going to do what you want? Well, I'm not going to do what I want. I'm going to do what I feel God has called me to do and what's right to do. And I'm going to sharply move this wall into position and it's going to be right. Now, the crowd can leave. And that doesn't mean my authority wasn't from God, but they also can stay. And what will happen if they stay and it's God's authority is within time in due season, they will say that wall is so much better where it is now than where it was before. It's good. 
You know, and of course, a wall's a ridiculous deal, but I did grow up building walls my whole mm-hmm. life. I've been building walls and moving them and hitting, hitting them with Lottie Kaladi, you know, and, and pounding them down into position. And so that's my best example because right. that's how my mind sees it. And I do have people say, wouldn't that look better over here? <laughs> Well, I, you know, I have the wife and daughters. Yeah, I have the authority. of I'm trying to build a house for a homeowner, and they want it over here. Yeah, but yeah. wouldn't it look better yeah, over there, good. guys? I have the authority of the homeowners. I have to put it here, mm-hmm. and no matter how many of you say it looks better over there, I got to put the fireplace over here. Mm. This window has to be here. It's looking at a wall. I don't. This is up to the. You know, the authority comes from the from the the customer in in contracting. Good. So anyway. I hope that explains what my whole point was. And it's really important to differentiate between the authority God gives, the authority man takes, and the authority man gives. So a man takes authority. A board can give authority. Here, this is your job. You're running that. Uh, and God gives authority. That's, mm. That's interesting. Jesus never allowed himself to be made king by the people, right? That's right. Because the only one that could make him king was... It's was really God good, and God's it? way of making him king was lifting yeah, him up in good. front of everyone right. the way he did on a cross. He wasn't beholden any, any and congregation. Jesus became king of yeah. kings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't just become a king; he became the, the king. king. Step aside, Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> Elvis has left. The <laughs> He's left the building. Well, thank you guys so much. Thanks for taking your time out and spending it's always spending time with us on the podcast. I always learn so much. Yeah, me too. If you got uh, if you got people you want to share the podcast with, I got the link in the description, or you can email us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'll get more of your questions out there. All right, God but bless thanks you. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. Have a good really week. Really good show. Thanks. You've been listening to The Uncommon Truth. Thank you so much for making us a part of your podcast routine. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we'll be having another special episode next week. Next week, we're welcoming Murray and Ash Smith, lead pastors from Catch the Fire Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. They spent the week with us speaking at church and teaching in the School of Transformation, and they joined Vicki and I to talk about becoming who Jesus created us to be. A lot of us believe that we've got all the freedom that we were ever going to get when we first accepted Christ and started to follow him, but maybe that's not the case, and maybe there's some things that we can work through, and Murray and Ash have some really good wisdom to share with us. You're not going to want to miss that. Come back next week. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today and would love to get your feedback. You can tell us what you think about today's show at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch to ask questions for Steve and Vicki or suggest a subject you'd like to hear covered. Either way, we'd love to feature your comments on an upcoming episode. If you're new to the show or just haven't done so yet, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps push the show up the charts so more people can find us. If you know someone who would enjoy the types of conversations that happen on The Uncommon Truth, click share on the podcast app of your choice or send them to uncommonpodcast.com. Until next time, have a great week and keep running after Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be.